Welcome to Loving Every Stride, the podcast that will help make your running easier. Brought to you by ex-national athlete and UK record holder, Paul Laslett. Powered by the Brightside PT community. For more information and access to your very own Running Faster formula, which will make your running easier, click on the link in the show notes. Enjoy the show and see you on the bright side. And hello and, well, Mike, I'm about to say good evening, but it might be good morning, could be good afternoon, could be good whenever, good whenever part of the day you are listening to this podcast. Now, today uh, I have uh, a guest on this rather delightful podcast that for some reason people keep tuning into. I'll set the scene for you. It's a Sunday night. It's 8.45. It's almost bedtime for myself, and it's almost bedtime, I'm sure, for my very busy guest. I want to introduce to you Ollie Laws. Now, Ollie, it, um, I have known for oi, 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 22-ish years, uh, something like that. Um, and this is actually the first time we've spoken for uh, a long, long time, but we've been stalking each other on Instagram and keeping some contact there, which has been Lovely. Now, I'll give you a little bit of background on uh, on Ollie. Ollie was a phenomenal uh, middle to long distance athlete. He had some brilliant performances on the national cross countries. Um, he's run fantastic 5K, 10K times. He's competed all over the world. Um, and he's an all round nice guy too which always always helps and uh one of my first memories of ollie is seeing him racing with and against uh another buddy of uh, of ours chris thompson and i just remember this really tall guy with you know golden flowing bright hair running along just kind of looking like it was easy um, so without further ado, Ollie, welcome to Loving Every Stride, the podcast. Thank you, Paul, and thank you for the very uh, nice introduction. It's all right. I had to say something nice to start off with, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to go downhill from here. But... Exactly. It might just get worse as we go uh, as we go along. So to start off with, Ollie, I mean, you've you've run. I say you've run competitively for. Well, you did run competitively for many, many, many years. Take us right back to the beginning when you kind of discovered, well, I'm all right at this running malarkey. How did that kind of evolve for you? Yeah, so I guess I would have been probably, it was early. Like I'm going to say like, I can remember doing under nine races, put it that way. So yeah, I was clearly like seven or eight at that stage. And I think like every school kid, um, at that age or certainly guys anyway like you you know most people liked football um and then cross country or any kind of running was sort of sort of an add-on and something you were sort of more more made to do rather than you actually wanted to do so you know I always I always saw it as good you know good uh fitness training for football which was a lot more of what I was into um but yeah it was one of those where I guess I was in I was in our school team. Our, our school took it quite quite seriously uh, for that age, and uh, you know I was in I made it into the top six, but I was still like probably third or fourth guy on the team. So I wasn't I wasn't great, but I wasn't I wasn't terrible. Um, 
and then I guess as I, I I went through to sort of like under eleven, under thirteen, like just gradually I got I got better and better. Um, but it wasn't through. I wouldn't say I was particularly like you know focused on it or anything like that. I think at that age people grow it grow at different times, don't they? And I, I happened as you alluded to in your intro, I happened to uh, I happened to be quite tall for my age. You know, it's quite tall, quite quite gangly, and you know that is I suppose the ter- stereotypical distance runners build. So. Yeah, so it, it kind of went from there. And then, you know, I remember doing my first English schools cross country and I was, um, it was, I was an under 15, but it was, I was sort of the bottom of the age group. So I would have been like probably 13. Um, and I, th- I finished 201st, which at the time I was quite happy with. I was like, kind of would have wanted to get top 200, but hey, 201st is, is all right. So there's, there's, there's probably about 500 in English schools cross country. So I was, for me, for me then it was like, okay, I'm top half. Um, and then literally in the space of a year, I, I then, um, you know, top eight, top of the age. So obviously get rid of all the guys who were a year older than me. Um, I, yeah, I managed to finish seventh and get my first England vest. And I guess that was that was like the real turning point. So I was, I was still under 15, so I would have been like 14 then. Um, and yeah, that was just like, that just blew my mind. I was just like, I turned up to the race thinking maybe top 50, maybe top 100. And uh, yeah, finishing seventh then, it's like, you know, wouldn't say it changed my life, but it was like, it, 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 honestly, it, it made me look at running totally differently, like competing for your country and getting, you know, getting the England vest with the, the England rose on it. Honestly, it means, yeah, when, when you're 14, it's, 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 it's a really cool feeling. Um, and then six months later, I managed to win the, uh, like the under 15 intercounties. So I was like, yeah, kind of like a national champion under 15. So I guess from that day forward, it was sort of like, you know, I can try doing these other sports, but basically I'm always going to get pulled in the direction of running. Um, and I still don't know. I, I still wouldn't say I loved it, but I, I just, you know, if, if you're, if you're competing at a good level at that age, it's sort of like, that is sort of, I guess that defines you. So that's, that's sort of how it, you know, how it started out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I know like for me at, at school, you know, I was, I was decent, uh, decent runner and, you, that's what you became known for at school. So from you, from going from like third, fourth in the school to like seventh in the country, did you then become known as like you are you are the running man at school? Do, do you know what I mean? Did that kind of start to kick through? Then you you do you start thinking, well, I am I am this running chap. I'm all right at this. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I suppose, I suppose at that age when you're at school as well, like everyone's just, I guess, trying to find their own identity, aren't they? And uh, you know, you either you you're academic or you're good at football. Like that's, I guess, what that's what kind of what people want to be. But you know, be, being good at running, it's yeah, it's it's not. It, back then, running definitely wasn't cool. But I suppose competing at that level was, you know, it, it was it was it was quite a nice thing. So yeah, so I think from that point of view, it was um, yeah, it certainly gave me a different focus um i suppose it you know it, it was good it was good in many respects but also i probably felt like i wasn't i was never like one of the just normal kids at school either because it was always like you know i couldn't have a conversation with, without someone talking about running so it's like it was definitely interest an interesting yeah i guess being at school um because I never felt it was normal. <laughs> so weird, weird as that might sound, it was just like, yeah, that, that, that was definitely my identity. And, you know, sometimes it was maybe a bit of a burden, but sometimes, you know, for the, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. And it was really cool to, you know, be, be competing at a high level. Did you find 
the when you found that you were I was believe it or not I was really shy at school um what? until I, I know I know exactly you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it until I started winning like school races and then districts and counties and all that kind of stuff and then I, I really I start I found I think like you said you 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 find who you are um and I certainly came out of my shell was it the same for you or not really yeah I th- no I would, I would definitely say to say so to an extent yeah I mean I think by the time I was in my secondary school I think the running was always already been established so it's it's sort of like I guess that was kind of my identity at secondary school but um but yeah no absolutely I think I think just having that as a you know as part of your identity is it definitely brought me out of my shell and and, and yeah similar to yourself like I guess we look we look back now as uh, as old men but I was also quite shy at school as well so I wasn't like a naturally outgoing kid um so yeah no it, it definitely helped in that regard and it gives I think uh, I, I see this with lots of people that we that we coach like their confidence in what they're able to do grows when they see that they're improving at something so don't, I, I, it doesn't matter what level you are at whatever if you're doing something and you're getting better at it you it builds your confidence up to then go and do other stuff and I know you had you went to you were at Loughborough Uni and then you went uh, you spent a bit of time was it a butler in, in um butler uni in the states as well is that right that's right yeah yeah how did how did all that come about for you and what was that like being in America yeah so I mean I think yeah sort of like many things in life like one thing led to another really so it was uh I mean getting 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 into Loughborough was sort of first hurdle because I didn't you know if I'm honest I didn't get the academic grades um, I needed to get into Loughborough so Loughborough although it's known for sport is is actually very academic as well so it's, it is pretty difficult to get in um, so you needed back when I was doing A-levels um, it was like two A's and a B so I was uh, I was a fair bit away from that so actually you and the <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would know now but hey yeah yeah but actually, I mean, what what I did, I I I, I took my A levels. I kind of got what I expected, um, but I I took a gap year, and then um, I spoke to uh, the late great George Gandhi, who um, who managed to sort of uh, the the old coach at Loughborough, who was there for many years, and and uh, obviously instrumental in its success there. So he managed to um, just get me a place um, after I'd made the world cross country as a, as a junior. So I think you know running essentially got me into Loughborough um and uh, and then I mean to get to get to America um it was you know being at Loughborough in the first place is is, is seen by an American university as, as being a really um yeah good thing but um you know I think I think if I look at people are getting scholarships to America now versus uh, myself or uh, what 15 16 years ago and um, I mean the standard is way higher now so you have to the standard you have to be at to get an American scholarship is way higher so I think back then, um, you know, I was of that standard that, you know, I'd won, a, I'd won some British universities, cross countries. I'd, I'd done okay track times, but nothing amazing. Um, and yeah, I think Butler was a, a small school in, in Indiana, in the, you know, if I'm honest, in the middle of nowhere, in the Midwest. Um, and, you know, they were, they were looking to, to build the program. So they'd, they'd been, you know, you know, nowhere, to be honest, until uh, they managed to recruit a, fr- a few British guys the year before, um, a few from Loughborough. 
and uh, that was my main reason for going really um so my um my my roommate housemate at uh loughborough stephen and he he went out there the year before me and um a couple of other british guys so that was the thing i, I just thought well you know how risky can it be i'm going out there with my mates uh i'm going to an english-speaking country um that that they're essentially paying me to go out and run so i mean what's what's the worst that can happen um and it exactly exactly and it and and to be honest it was it was great i got a I got a you know most importantly now when i look back i got a i got a second degree out there um and then the the, the running went pretty well as well so all, all of my sort of personal bests from uh from my career were out of butler so yeah it was it, it was i guess a bit of a risk at the time but you know traveling to the other side of the world and maybe putting off getting a getting a proper job as my my dad would say um but yeah no i i ended up spending four years out there and three years um sort of running at university and then i spent a year working in a running specialty retail store out there which which then sort of helped me i guess find my career path as well that's brilliant i think like you say you ran your best times obviously when you were in the states like i think a lot of the listeners would be very interested like whenever someone hears like i ran my pbs or my fastest times ears pick up you know like what happened what were you what was the magic kind of formula that you that you used to to run those best times so like from going from because loughborough there's some awesome guys to train with like you say um gandhi phenomenal ahead of his time in terms of coaching um as well and he had some amazing athletes um so what did you learn about training racing in america that maybe you you didn't implement or didn't know already when you were um, at loughborough yes i think i'll tell you there was two main things i think the first thing was at loughborough about half the time i was training by myself and half the time i was training with um our, our good friend chris thompson so so when i was training with tomo you know, we, we were sort of, you know, a similar kind of level and we, you know, we got a good amount out of each other, but trying to train hard and do interval ses- sessions by yourself, which I had to do quite a lot at Loughborough was, uh, yeah, was, was difficult. Um, and I think when, it, when I went out to America, there was, you know, seven or eight guys, um, who were a similar standard to me. Um, five of them were British as well. And I kind of knew before. So, you know, every, every run, every, every sen- session and every threshold run, um, they were all together. So I think that just made things so much easier. So I'm a massive advocate of, you know, training in a team environment and not, you know, not just going as hard as you can at every session, but actually training as a team and, you know, bringing, bringing the, you know, bringing the, you know, maybe the slowest of the second, you know, the slowest two guys along with you. And, you know, ultimately when you do that for a period of time, you all, you all bring the best out of each other. Um, and the second thing is kind of linked to that, I would say would be, would be actually threshold running. Um, so without going, I guess, too super technical, but you know, there's, uh, there's interval training, um, which, you know, I think we all, we all understand you, you run hard, you have a recovery, you run hard, you have a recovery. Um, threshold training is a little bit different in that what you're trying to achieve is um just getting below that line where you're you're beginning to really hurt um and that was a massive thing in 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 the us program at butler that i was at so we we do these 10 mile runs which were not all out but they were 70 80 percent effort um but actually doing them every week you just kind of you just kind of progressed week on week and uh you know it made just it just made everything else 
you know the sl the slower runs the sessions the races it just made everyone everything else um a lot easier um and that that's obviously linked to my first point around having the team there so when you're doing a 10 mile pretty hard run on a on a friday morning but you've got you know we we, we used to call it a, well, a train basically so you had like seven of us and different people would be in the lead and you'd, you'd kind of you'd spend most of your time just chilling out in the middle or, or at the back um so you weren't really having to it's a lot harder to run at the front of a group so you know again having that team environment and um you know being able to you know get more out of yourself without really feel feeling like you were you were maxing out was 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 you know that's what i feel really brought brought me on when i was in america and i guess mentally as well like one not having to think about your training sessions that you had to do but also then like you say mentally just being able to switch off and sit in it is a lot less stressful on your body and brain to just go all right here we go and when you're in it together it i mean that's that's like track and field isn't isn't and running isn't a, a team sport but it really is like I can remember when I went to uni, I did so many sessions on my own and it was hard. It was so hard to pick yourself up, motivate yourself, push yourself. But when you're in it together with other people, um, it makes such a difference. So yeah, that community that you have around you, whether it's in person, ideally or virtual makes a huge difference to that kind of mindset of what, what you're able, what you're able to do. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. And like you said, the tempo kind of threshold work, um, that's that's something that we, we try and get our, our guys to, to do. And it's often something that people now, um, hopefully anyone that's come through any of our programs realizes that actually if you're running three times a week, more or less at the same speed all the time, and your runs are always feeling hard, you're probably doing threshold running three times a week. And if you were to do threshold running three times a week on your own, you'd soon get pretty knackered and demotivated. Um, yeah, for so sure. Understanding the speed you should you should be you should be running at um, as uh, as well obviously obviously helps. And I'm sure obviously you knew exactly what kind of speed you should be doing your threshold work at um, as as you were out doing all those all those all those runs. So you mean your your best race that you had was that in america would you say or, or would it be a different a different uh, would it was it a pb race or not yeah i mean i i, I guess i guess my, you know i'd have to say my fastest times were were, were some of my best races i mean it, it I, I, I think there's always with running there's this thing that you know sometimes the best the best races are actually when you're, you you know, if you're coming back for some, from some kind of adversity or, you know, maybe you've not had the perfect build-up. So, you know, I think, yeah, certainly when I, put, I look back now, like I, um, I finished 13th in the, um, the, uh, the national college championships in, in America. And, and that's, uh, you know, although that may not sound phenomenal to your listeners, but, um, you know, having, having won the British, uh, universities a couple of times like that for, for me, that's like way, way better. Um, and the reason for that is like, well, firstly, the standard is, is a lot higher out there. So you've got, you know, you've got Kenyans, you've got Australians, you've got obviously amazing Americans. Um, so it's outside of the world cross country, I'd say the, uh, NCAA cross country is probably the, yeah, the toughest cross country race in the world. Um, but I think with, for me, like I'd actually been injured, um, you know, 
up to a month beforehand i i barely run a step so i've just been doing a lot of um cross training so uh, essentially uh on an exercise bike and then uh, a uh, elliptical machine so sort of like a yeah uh, uh yeah a, tr- a treadmill a treadmill with a running action if you will and yeah, um, yeah dance yeah pretty much dancing <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think actually you know what what i found was that i just you know i did actually find that i had a lot of um yeah, I managed to find this resilience, which I didn't know I had, to be honest, like just just how how hard I could push myself on on these exercise machines, um, because I knew that there was this big race on the horizon, which was a big, it was a big team race. Ultimately, like we wanted to get the the university team as high as possible. Um, but actually just having that goal and maybe taking the focus off what I did as an individual in the build up, um, just just let me kind of, yeah, just really let loose and yeah, achieve a good result there. Um, but yeah, I think the, the, the track races, so my, my 14.03, 5k and my 29.12, 10k, you know, they, they, they were the, um, they were actually the, the, the sum of before that. And, you know, that, that was just a, you know, just a product of, I guess, yeah, six, nine months of decent training when I've been out in the U S and also just being in, you know, the best races with, the best conditions with the best athletes you know it's just it's 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 a perfect setup out there um and um you know i know a lot of people in the uk at the same time would just you know they'd say they'd be in quite good shape but then you just wouldn't get the right race on the right night it'd be windy or whatever so you know i just felt like i was yeah really lucky to be out there at that, at that time it's yeah that's that's interesting isn't it i hadn't thought about it like that because the you can be in great shape i can remember being in great shape and then you go to a race and it's windy and it's 12 degrees and it's July and you're thinking, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but I guess if you've got more opportunity and the weather's decent more often, you you know it's it's guaranteed you're going to – you still have to deliver, obviously. You still have to get out there and uh, and do it. But that's really interesting what you say about having, like, the being injured and having that – because you had that big event on the horizon – it kept the motivation up to go and do the cross training to keep the heart and lungs, heart and lungs fit and well. And I'm sure there'll be people listening that maybe are injured at the moment or have a big event coming up and they're thinking, I can't get out and run as much. Does cross training really work? And, you know, I'm sure you can say, well, yeah, it does. No, I mean, it definitely does. I mean, I I know, I know quite a few athletes, um, you know, now elite athletes are actually using it like marathon runners. They, 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 they're kind of not doing the mileage that maybe people were in the past, but they're doing a sort of bit more of a hybrid model of, you know, 70% running, 30% cross training. And the advantage of cross training is it just doesn't put, it doesn't put the pressure through your body. So you can still work your, your heart and your lungs really well. Um, but it doesn't cause those, you know, the, the, the the stress and the impact where, where, where it can cause injuries. So, you know, I'm, I'm a bit, I'd say I'm a big advocate of it. I'm a bit of a hypocrite now because I wouldn't, I don't have the goals where I need to do it. No, <laughs> but it does. It does really but if, but if to, you, did, you wouldn't do it, would you? No, exactly. No, I mean it's it's really boring. Let's be honest. And yeah. I think now, um, you know, there's 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 technology which has made it less boring. The likes of uh, Swift and you know, things like that. But yeah, they didn't. We didn't have that 15, 20 years ago when I was when I was doing it. But you know, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, you should you know you shouldn't stress out if if you want to make a if you want to make it to a race. You know, I honestly feel like if you get three to four weeks of some kind of running beforehand and you've done you know, cross training pretty hard, 
you know, you'll be in almost as good a shape as if you'd had the perfect build-up. So, I, I, mm. yeah, I definitely believe that. Yeah, it comes. Out, I guess a lot of that comes down to confidence as well, doesn't it? And knowing what. Yeah, yeah, def- for sure, for sure. Yeah, what you're yeah. doing with it. So, I mean, I, I think the other thing I wanted to talk to you about as well was obviously, I we talked we talked a little about this before we started this uh, recording. Uh, I make no bones that I would have no friends if I didn't run, um, or even fewer friends, um, and. I don't know where my life would have gone. Like I feel very lucky now that because I loved running and it gave me so much that I'm able to share that with uh, lots of other people and have been able to build, um, you know, uh, gyms around helping people get fit and get well. Because ultimately, that's what it's that's what it's all about. Whatever level you're at is just getting yourself feeling good. And you you've you've carved out a career off the back of still in, still in running. Um, so again, you know, where would you have ended up if you hadn't have found running, Ollie, do you reckon? <laughs> well, I won't repeat what I said to you before you started. <laughs> I was setting that one up for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to say that. But no, I mean, it, yeah, I think I've, uh, yeah, I've definitely been fortunate from running that it's actually given me a lot of opportunities that I would never would have foreseen when I was, you know, training hard in my early 20s so I think you know it, it, it's one of those things I think that you know ultimately I've I've uh, I've managed to carve out a career in like sales of some sort from working in a running store like retail sales to then working for different sports brands like selling selling to retailers um, and yeah I never would have seen myself as a salesperson to be honest I never would have said that um, you know leaving university you know I'm going to go into sales um, it wasn't yeah, I didn't see myself. I saw salespeople as like, you know, I guess used car salesmen, like the real yeah, yeah. hardcore salesmen. Um, but I suppose what it, you know, what what I've learned is that, you know, as long as you're passionate about something, like your your passion sells it. It's not it's not like trying to go for the hard sell. Like if you if you come across like you believe in something, um, you know, you can get people to buy into it. So I think you know that's that's I guess what I've learned, and um, you know, I, I'm. Yeah, aside from my career, I'm super grateful for, you know, running has let me essentially tr- travel the world. Like I've done, um, I've done races as far as away as Australia from, from running um, and obviously went out to the US, um, you know, got made, made friends around the world through, through that as well. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's more than I would have thought, definitely would have thought when I was, uh, you know, putting all those hard miles in it at school, I guess um but yeah I, I think i think it just shows that you know you you, you never really know where life's going to take you but um you know as long as you've got a a passion like i think things kind of work themselves out mm. um and i think you know making sure keep keep you know networking and, and keeping keeping in touch with people as much as possible i think you know that's you yeah, know that's that's always super helpful because you never know you know where things might lead in the future yeah no exactly exactly and you're um I know, like Tomo, obviously he's he's uh, he's got his he wears his on running kit and he's got his shoes. I remember when he when he started wearing those those shoes. We'll talk about shoes a little bit because it's an interesting topic. But they were one of the most. Com- I've, I've tried, I used to I've run in all sorts of shoes, but they're not just saying this because you're on um, and because Tomo gave me a free pair. But they are <laughs> the on running shoes are uber uber comfy. Um, really really are comfortable comfortable shoes but like 
they've got like obviously the carbon plate shoes now. Um, so much technology has gone into the gone into the shoes. How like how much do you think that's taken? Do you think that is that taken away from like uh, the purity of running, or do you think it's adding to it? Um, what are your thoughts around where we're going with shoes and technology? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's always there's always been a degree of technology in in shoes. So I suppose it's uh, if you look if you look back at you know what the likes of you know uh, I don't know a Ron Hill or like the good British marathon runners in the sixties and seventies were wearing like there was there was you know when you look at the technology from ten years ago like it, it moved on a lot before then. So you know having technology in shoes is is not new. Um, I think why you know it's it's probably divided opinion a little bit more is is just the fact that you know performances are increasing at a at a, at a yeah a quicker rate now than than they have been in, in i guess the three to four years before before this stage um so yeah there's always going to be that debate i mean i think i think um you know ultimately i think now we're in we're at a nice stage where all brands uh, offering is is relatively similar so there's there's very similar kind of technologies across all the different brands now um whereas maybe that wasn't that wasn't the, the case two to three years ago um so yeah i think it, it it does come down to now like i mean everyone's got shoes with carbon plates um everyone's using a similar kind of foam um so then it's about yeah what 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 works best for you and i think you know when you when you say on shoes are comfortable i think that's that's we hear that a lot we hear they're comfortable they're good looking um but then the other bits around it is like you know do they make you one or two percent quicker than someone else like it's 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 really hard to say at the moment so so yeah i think i think it's just made it it's made it really interesting um i think you know ultimately whenever you view a you you look at a race you want to know like who's the best human being out there um, and I now feel like it is a level playing field of like, you know, if you look at the, the race, the best guy is going to win the race, which I think is that's that's the most important thing. Um, I think if you maybe if you look at, you know, t- if you're trying to compare times with now with 10 years ago, then it, it it's perhaps not so relevant. It depends on it depends on the distance and it depends on. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what surface it is, perhaps. But, um, you know, but. I guess who cares? It's, it's it's one of those things. Like you know, it's yeah, it, it's a lot more exciting seeing records being broken than records not being broken. So I think you know you get that, and you get you know competitive racing. Like I think I think the sports in a in a good place. So yeah, I think I was going to say like with the like with the shoes, like we all, I think we all have a, a favorite like outfit that we put on. If you're going to go and do a time trial or you're going to go and do a hard session, you put on something that I still, I, I still do. It's usually a clean t-shirt that gets me going rather than a dirty one out. The <laughs> washing, but you, you put on that kit and it makes you feel good. And um, people get the same like with, with their shoes now. And like I said, that's what they're, they're like the style and the comfort there's so much there's so much choice for them but i guess it comes down to what makes you feel good and if something makes you feel good and it's comfy you you're going to get the best out of yourself because of how you feel in that in that shoe i remember what was it the 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 shoes that like bowling ball shoes the the track spikes from must have been like the nike jazari that's it 
those yeah yeah the, the different colors on each yeah. side so it's like it was like neon green on one side and then it was like red That's on the other right. side i bet if they were everyone had those but just because of how they looked i bet if we put a pair of them on now my achilles would snap but like if you put a pair of them on they wouldn't feel comfortable compared to what's available now i'm sure no i mean uh that's uh, that's actually the shoe I ran my uh, my personal best in in what two thousand three two thousand four. So it's like it's so so back then it was all about there's this new super spike which is it, the the point of difference of that shoe is it's the it was the lightest spike that, that had be, ever been made for distance. So a lot of people didn't actually wear it for ten k because they thought like I'm just going to get my calves are going to get more blow up and uh, so they'd wear it. A lot of people would wear it up to five k, but then they wouldn't wear it for ten k. I worked for 10k and I was like, this is great. This feels like I'm feels like I'm jogging, <laughs> you know. So um so yeah, I mean the, the the spikes now have gone, you know, the spikes have gone like the road shoes have and they've gone, you know, a bigger stack, like a lot a, a lot bigger sole, but then the materials they're using are so lightweight that you know the benefit of the cushioning is outweighs the maybe the slight negative of the, the weight increase. So I mean you know, it, it's now the whole the whole thing around shoes now is that it's about your you know your feet your your muscles don't really feel the ground and there's no you know there's there's way less stress going through all your muscles so you're not you're not tiring as much so you know that's that's as much of the benefit you know for me I'd say that's actually more of the benefit than the carbon plates that people talk about the carbon plates are great if you need to on shorter distance if you need to propel forward but if you're running a a marathon or a yeah. Well, anything from 10k upwards um the the foams which are being used now which are stopping the muscle vibration for your body that's having a way bigger effect yeah, than any, yeah. any of the plates so it's yeah it's it's interesting i think it's a it's a great place to be because you know i'm i'm you know you, you now see you know you know it's like paul when we were 20 years ago <laughs> sounding like old men again like, you, 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 didn't, you didn't see the guys wearing racing shoes were only your elite club level runners who are like really, really going for it. Um, now everyone's got a, you know, 200 pound plus racing shoe on. And, and, and sometimes they're not even wearing it to do races. So, you know, that, that, that's good for the market overall. If, if people, you know, they've decided to value that as a, as a thing, it's, you know, it's great for the market as a whole. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, there's so much more technology, technology coming out as well. This is just, you know, we're just getting started. Really. Just getting started. So. Exactly. It feels like things are evolving really, really quickly. I'm excited to see where, where it all, where it all goes. And with running like park run, um, you know, like the Southampton park run, I think it's the second or third largest park run in the country. Bushy park, I think is the, the largest. There are so many now, like where they've got, over a thousand people rocking up to do a 5k every day that's a huge 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 market like sell the great south great north runs always selling out other little other like events all selling out and everyone is is popping on a decent pair of a decent pair of daps to to get out to get out and running now you know um like i say it's, it's exciting it's exciting times um so yeah it, I've got a few on the random questions I'm going to throw at you now, Ollie, as well. Um, obviously, now you still run. Like, I think, um, what what keeps you running now? That's what I was going to ask. Before I ask you some more questions, what keeps you running now? Why do you go and run now, even though you know you're never going to run 14 minutes for a 5K again? Unless, 
technology develops enough in the next five to ten years, you know, who knows? But <laughs> as yeah. you can see it at the moment, that PB is staying put. So what what gets you out the door now? Yeah, I mean, no, the technology is good, but it's it's not that good. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, not 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 uh, not not fourteen fourteen oh three for a forty two year old. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 really different now because I, I think because I was I, I was competing for you know probably since you know the age of ten until I was early thirty. So you know that's a long time competing, and um, you know it, it, I've I've pretty much. Re- run my competitive ju- ju- juices dry should we say so it's, it's very much just it, it's not about competition at all now um i think it's just it's, it's a few things i'd say it's um just general keeping fit um so yeah just 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 from a from a health benefit um i think also i suppose like everyone with 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 covid um working from home more you you kind of you you want that sort of separation of between your your work and your life and it's it's been harder to get with um with that working from home so actually going for going for a run and you know quite often i do it in the middle of the day if i'm if i am working from home i'll just go at lunchtime and i just find it breaks up the day and it just gives you that that sort of separation between work and you know relaxation um and for me, I find I'm way more productive working in the afternoon if I've managed to uh, sneak out for a, for a lunchtime run. Um, but it's a it's a nice thing. I mean, I don't always say sneak. It's not. <laughs> I'm not being sneaky about it because I think actually um, our head office in Zurich at, at on like I mean they all take a two hour lunch break. So they they come in they come in early. They come in at like seven thirty eight. Um, they all have two hours for lunch, so they spend an hour doing some kind of exercise and they spend an hour like eating lunch together away from their desk, which I think is a, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it sounds radical, but it's, it's really not, is it? It's like, well, I, I think the, the, the UK culture of, you know, grabbing a sandwich at your desk, is just like, you know, if we actually took a step back, it's actually pretty unhealthy. Like, you, you know, you probably should just switch off for a little bit in the middle of the day. And then, you know, you'll probably find you're more productive in, in the afternoon. Um, anyway, I digress. So yeah, why do, why do I run? So I think, yeah, so, so certainly relaxation is a part of it. Um, I'd say also like yourself, having a young family, I'm sort of like, um, I listened to one of your podcasts a few, uh, a week or so ago, actually, and just about, you know, just, um, I think you made a comment about just, you know, looking when you, when you're in your early fifties, like you can still actually play with your kids when they're sort of, you know, they're sort of in the, in their, you know, early teens you know so they're going to be like quick and fast and you know you don't want to be like the old dad who can't keep up and with a bad back so so i'm actually thinking more like now for you know 2032 i need to i need to be on it because my kids are going to be quite quick probably so um and then i think yeah the the third thing for me i mean being fortunate enough to be in 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 the running shoe industry is it's like it's actually a really good opportunity to test product so you know i i spend you know if, if i go for a run at lunch i'll I'll run in a shoe I don't normally run in, you know, and I'll, I'll use that as an opportunity to test the product and I can kind of, you know, feedback and answer questions on, on the product as well. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, so, so those are probably the main things really like re- relaxation, keeping fit and then, uh, yeah, product testing. Brilliant. I love, I love how it's running still has a huge place, even if you're not chasing times. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think I mean you can only chase times for so long. I mean, um, I mean the other thing I he- I heard from your pod a few weeks ago is just like you know it, getting it, you you get into the veteran rankings and you can kind of like you can reset your goals. And I think for a lot of people that's you know that's a really nice incentive to kind of keep going. Um, 
I kind of felt like that when I got to 40 and then uh, I sort of 40 was in 2020, which is sort of, I guess, when COVID hit. And then I was just like, then there was no races. And I was just like, actually, I'm not really, I don't really have the hunger anymore. Like I'm not, I I don't want to be the best 40, 40 41 year old in the country or the best 45 year old in the country. It doesn't, it doesn't kind of give me, I don't, I don't get any motivation from it. Um, so, you know, maybe that will come back before I'm 45 and I go into the next age group, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, um, I think it's easier for people who didn't maybe compete when they were younger so much. So maybe if you, if you get into running at a, you know, a later age, uh, your early twenties or whatever, like the veteran, you know, age groups are more, you know, perhaps, perhaps more interesting, but, um, yeah, for me now it's, it's, yeah, it just doesn't really, uh, doesn't really float my boat. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. So, random question time, Ollie. Random question. Here we go. Here we go. If you could only run in the summer, but you had to wear winter clothes, you had to get, like, your tights on, base layer hat, gloves, would you still run? I would. I would. I mean, I would sweat a lot because I'm I'm one of those people I probably whatever the person next to me is wearing on a run, I'm probably like one layer down anyway. So I, I would sweat a lot. But no, I mean running in the summer is you know I, I much prefer running in the summer anyway. So it's 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 more about you know if it's nice weather and it's you know blue skies, why would you not want to be out for a run? So yeah, I'd I'd take that. I take, take that. that. I think what the, about uh, the other way around? In the winter, you could only go out in shorts and vest. That's pretty much what I do anyway. That's so okay. So you're all right then on that. That's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe maybe if I can, if I can slip on some cheeky arm warmers, then yeah, we got ourselves a deal. That's a deal. Last if only, if you could only run at three o'clock in the morning, would you run? Oh, sorry, Paul. I, I lost you for a second there. I, so the question, Ollie, was. <laughs> If you could only run at three o'clock in the morning, would you get up and run? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, yeah, I think I would. I think I would. Um, again, again, I think when, I find when I get older, I don't necessarily need as much sleep as mm. I used to need. So I'm always I'm always up at six a.m. at the latest. So. Um, I, I do go to bed quite early like you, so I'll be going to bed in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I probably would. I'd probably just go to bed a little bit earlier. I'd probably go to bed at like eight, get up at three, got my five hours. Yeah. Why not? Love it. It's, a, it's actually quite a good idea, actually. I've, I've, I managed to find uh, another three hours in the day there. Thanks, Paul. Look at that. No worries. Pleasure. <laughs> you could go out for a yeah. longer run if you want. <laughs> yeah. There we go. The mileage is coming back now. Exactly, exactly. Well, Ollie, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. I could reminisce about the good old days for hours and hours on end, but it's really, really interesting. I think one of the biggest things I've taken away from kind of talking to you, and I hope the listeners uh, will do as well, is there are many different reasons why you can run. You know, um, it can be chasing times, it can be mental health, it can be a break can be relaxing can be so many different reasons and you've kind of you've been you've been through it all but like the biggest lesson you learned was finding one of the reasons why you were able to improve so much was to find the right method of training that suited you um and you were consistent with it 
um, and you and you delivered you delivered on it um, as well. And you know, it's great to to hear from someone else that running's been able to give them so so much and continues to, um, even if you're not time chasing, you running's given you uh, a great life, great experiences, awesome memories, and and a great career too. Um, and you know, you get to come on this amazing podcast as well. So that's probably the highlight, I'd imagine. It's definitely definitely highlight my Sunday. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, definitely the highlight of the last forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And now I've got an apple crumble in the cup in the oven. Oh, so nice. That, that, that might might trump it, but yeah, no, it's been good. No, thank very you. Very good. Me well, Ollie, appreciate. thank you very much for coming on. Massively appreciated. And uh, for those of you who've been listening, uh, please go and have a look uh, and see what On Running can do. Um, for you their shoes are uber comfortable um and uh, yeah go check it out if you haven't already um look forward to seeing you guys on the next podcast thank you for listening to loving every stride if like us you absolutely love running we'd love to have you in our community and help make your running faster You can join our Facebook group and get your very own Running Faster formula by visiting the link in the show notes and there will be happy days ahead. Please also remember to subscribe and review so we can spread our love for running. Thank you for listening and we will see you on the bright side.